Welcome to OsteoCast, where we talk all things osteopathy, functional anatomy, and movement. With your hosts, myself, Colby Brokel, Amanda Boysen, and Sarah Pucal. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite podcast, OsteoCast. Your hosts here, Colby, Amanda, and myself, Sarah. Hello, hello. Hello. Today will be our final podcast for 2021. It's crazy. We're going to wrap up the year and just uh, provide some things we've learned, uh, reflection on the year we've had regarding our treatments and anything we'd like to share with you as we close out this year. But yeah, it's wild, eh? Time flies. Where did this year go? So I'm going to start off... Um, the podcast just talking about a lesson I've learned this year, and that would be intention with treatment. And it's easy to forget to have intention with treatment, especially if you get caught up with uh, talking with your client, communicating with them. Um, and it's not always about what's happening on the table. Sometimes there is a little bit of uh, more personable conversations that happen through treatment that just occur naturally, which is completely okay, but it's easy to lose your intention with treatment when that happens and just to lose focus and not be as specific with your hands as you'd like to be. So when you bring in that intention with treatment, so when you focus on what you are affecting under the hands, how are you affecting that lymphatic drainage, circulation, and going deeper through the layers will really help you see a change in that treatment, a change in the fluid dynamics in the body. That would be one lesson I've learned and something that I'm bringing to the forefront of my practice uh, to get better results, quicker results, and to really help my clients see the benefit of treatment um, by letting them know my intention and letting them feel what's happening on the table under my hands. Amanda Colby, is there something you've added in the in your practice at all? I think intention is something that um, has been there since day one, and it's just something that you have to pay attention to as you go through. So whether we use the word yeah, intention definitely. or paying attention to the client, but I think it's mm-hmm. important day in, day out that as a practitioner, you ground yourself and get into the treatment room and pay attention to what patient's in front of you and, you know, not just refer back to the previous notes you had on the the patient from the last time you're in, not just have a conversation about Christmas or whatever else is going on in life, but actually take a look at the patient, feel what the tissues are doing and then respond as needed and, and make sure that when you're going through that treatment process that you have intention in making changes, whether that's working with the patient's body to improve um, movement capacities or improve fluid movement or improve breathing capacities, et cetera. But to have the intention to, to help heal the patient, I think is important just to essentially give the patient what they're, they're there for because it's far too easy. And I know this from personal experience to get into a conversation or have something that throws you off, throws you off for the rest of the day that, that affects treatment throughout the day. So making sure that you ground yourself and between patients and every time you walk into a room to make sure that you can stay on task. I think too, as new practitioners, that's a harder thing to gauge at the very beginning because there's so much, um, there's so many other factors in running a practice, especially, I mean, all of us really started our practices fairly new into the, into our careers or right from the get go. Um, so it's, it's important to have all the background things um, aligned 
running smoothly, doing what it's supposed to. So you, when you're, when you're treating and when you're working, your, your mind isn't anywhere else. There isn't that thing that's throwing you off. Colby used the word grounded. Um, there's different, um, things that people do to find that when they get to their clinic, but it is super important to make sure that, that that's there. And as Sarah talked about, that can, like some things can, um, derail that, whether that's in the treatment, something outside of that, but coming back to that intention is, is what's really going to give the patient the best treatment and what makes us different from other practitioners, because we're, we're paying attention to what's in front of us and not what happened the last time or what we're expecting to happen, or, you know, we're reading and reacting to the tissues. Yeah. And two, two things that I'd like to add to it is, um, one just personal thing this year is, is going through and having like a longer hand washing procedure between every patient, um, has helped me learn and realize that because I've been able to use that, you know, minute or two between patients where you're washing up to your elbows or whatever that may be to kind of reset the brain and move on from one patient's case to the next patient, which has been helpful. Mm -hmm. That's one point. And then the other thing with intention outside of being like paying attention and being involved in the treatment as it happens is that sometimes in the treatment process, it's not about moving structures or tissues or creating tensions, but it's actually about having some level of intention with what your hands are doing in treatment, which is using the word a little bit differently. And what I mean by that is that there is a a mind and spiritual component to treatment and having intention on changing on those levels in treatment can also have a profound response with patients. But that's something that definitely takes a lot of time and practice and awareness to get into. Yep, for sure. I think that leads nicely into my thing that, that I've learned or really been focusing on this year is that um, when I first graduated, there was a lot of, or when I first started practicing, there was a lot of intention to, to fix the structure and intention to, oh, this hip isn't moving, you know, posteriorly. I'm going to make that hip move posteriorly. How can I do that? Um, and now treatment has really changed for me, um, to be more specific in how can I get the body to do the work itself, um, and what do I yep. need to do and how do I need to affect the body so that the body can, can fix itself. Um, and it can really take care of that from the inside out. So do we need to open drainage? Do we need to, you know, balance tissues out? Do we need, like, what modalities do we need to use to one, make my job easier? So it's not so labor intensive and it's not forceful, um, mm-hmm. but allowing the body to take on that treatment and then really do the work between the treatments. So. Yeah, totally. I think it's developing more and more of a trust and reliance on the body's self-healing mechanisms. And Mm -hmm. as a practitioner, I know going going through school and reading books and whatnot, it always says to to rely on that and trust in the body, but it takes time. And I think as I go through my career, and I'm sure you guys the same way and all the listeners as well, is over more and more time, we'll develop more and more trust in the body to do its job. And I think what that allows us to do kind of leads into to my thing as well is that the, the, one of the biggest things this year for me was being able to get better changes with patients. Um, that doesn't mean only on the table. It means between treatments and how the body's adapting to it um, with using less force and less movement patterns. So the the focus being how can we make great changes or better changes while using less and less force. So we have less of like a disturbance to the body or to the system. Right. Yeah. And I think that it's yeah. huge with 
with a practitioner that the more that you get towards that, the more you have to trust the body to do its job instead of trying to, you know, change a joint position or make one muscle looser, one muscle tighter or whatever you're trying to do, but actually go through and and help with those self-healing mechanisms, whether that's, you know, the craniosacrum um, balance, whether that's breathing, whether that's digestion, whether that's fluid dynamics, and truthfully, all of it combined. But finding that balance and, and giving as little aggressiveness or force into the body as possible to make the biggest changes possible. I feel like something you both have, you know, said indirectly is that light touches more. Like there doesn't need to be force or hard pressure to make changes on the body, which is so counterintuitive to what most people think of when they think of body work and changes to the body to make it feel better, especially when they are in pain. Which yep. is a very cool lesson for practitioners and for clients, right? To educate them that less is more and let's watch the changes happen without force. But that doesn't mean not intentional, right? Like yeah. it's it's very it's very intentional to the layer where the, the lesion pattern is holding or the layer that we want to affect. Well the only but, and- I was going to say, Amanda, the only way to use less force in treatment or have lighter touch is to have a much higher level of intention. If if it doesn't come, if intention doesn't increase and focus doesn't increase, but that other stuff decreases, you're not going to see the changes you're looking for necessarily, vice versa, right? Yep, totally. And that's a hard change to make, right? Like as a practitioner, your hands have to be more sensitive. Absolutely. You have to have, you know, that that isn't something that just just shows up one day, it's a lot of hard work and building new skills is frustrating. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Or can be. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So frustrating. And I know we've talked about this before, but like this is stuff that you practice outside of the clinic before bringing it in. Um, But it can be really powerful once you're utilizing it on people who really need it. No doubt. No doubt at all. Yeah. Um, so a couple things uh, in terms of the wrap up. I don't know if you guys have some others along that realm that we were just talking about that you want to toss in. So feel free to jump in if that's the case. Um, but a couple things that I wanted to throw in here just to kind of talk about the podcast and kind of how proud we are of uh, of the podcast and how thankful we are for our listeners to help us grow in that standpoint is uh, this year we had just over six or 16,000 downloads which for us, a couple couple osteo students that are just recording for fun together is wild that 16,000 times someone listened to us have a conversation, which I thought yeah. was crazy. Um, the other Pretty thing cool. to, to take note of is there's like, I, I haven't even counted them, but probably like 40 different countries where people have listened to the podcast this year, ranging from Lebanon to Lithuania to Malaysia to Iceland to Russia. And then, of course, the main couple for us is uh, Canada, the States, United Kingdom, Australia, um, and so on. But I think it's really cool that some of the message is being spread across the world. And hopefully the message continues to get better. And hopefully we can continue to spread it to some other people. If we have some value for for people, I hope that we can help uh, help others and in communication and discussion with, you know, the questions we get from our listeners that everything improves for not only ourselves to learn, but our listeners to learn. And hopefully there's value associated with such. That's so cool. I'm so excited that we have those stats to to look back on. That's kind of neat. Another cool one is that uh, listener wise, we have just about 50, 50 in terms of uh, 
male and female genders listening. It's not uh, not more than more side like one or the other. I know for us going to school in Canada anyways, there's definitely a larger population of, of um, women going through the program. But it's really yeah. interesting to see that the listenership is pretty much like 48% and 45%, which is really cool. Nice. And then there's some non-specified and non-binary as well, which is also really cool. Sweet. So, sweet. so that's some stats there. Um, I know we had a couple of things we wanted to mention about the podcast moving forward. I know you already mentioned when we got started, Sarah, that this is the last one of the year. Do you want to talk a little bit yeah. about why it's the last one and what the plans are for the future? So we're going to spend some time just rejigging the format of the podcast. We want to bring uh, more themes to you every month where we can have focus on case studies, uh, anatomical, clinical significances that we can discuss as a group, and just really focus in on um, letting you kind of know there's a little bit of a schedule with the podcast, you know what to expect every week regarding topic and how deep we're going to dive into it. So that will be our plan is we're going to spend a couple of weeks to plan that out and get ready to record again in the new year. Awesome. And I think we're all also going to spend some time with our family in the next couple of weeks. So. Oh, right. That too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the big things we all uh, been working hard this year on and off with uh, shutdowns and whatnot. So definitely spending some time with our families over the next couple of weeks. And then just as Sarah said, we want to, bring a little bit more detailed and higher value content to you guys. So we're going to try and try and do that for you. And then as always, if you guys have any questions or you want some input in terms of some topics for the future or anything like that, shoot us a message um, on Instagram. We're at osteocast underscore or Facebook at osteocast. And we're happy to field those questions. And of course, we always love working in a quish, uh, listener questions podcast here and there where we go over a handful of questions that we've received. And it's always nice to interact with you guys, either through messages directly or through a podcast, which is always fun as well. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds awesome. Well, thanks for a great year, guys. Thanks for waking up with me early on weekday mornings to record our <laughs> podcast and for everyone listening. We've really enjoyed doing this. It helps us to learn with you and kind of take feedback as we get it and topic suggestions and continue to expand our minds. Awesome. This is the end of pretty much year two. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah really crazy. So weird. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank well, you. Guys happy holidays. Happy new year. Bye.